The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. FBI whistleblowers here. Chip Roy is here. Sarah Gonzalez is here with good news. And we got to talk about the FBI. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Yes, I am aware of the news that is out there. Apparently, it's official. Ron DeSantis is going to be announcing he's running for president. He's going to be announcing it tomorrow. That's great news. Good dude. Sounds good. You know, I want a nice long primary anyway. Uh, whether you're a Trump person or a DeSantis person, you got to fix the FBI. Frankly, you have to remove the FBI. You must. You cannot survive as a nation, any nation of any size. You cannot survive if there is a secret police agency that works for only one of the political parties against the other political party. There won't be in America, even 50 years from now, unless this terrorist organization is stopped. So Trump either destroys the FBI or DeSantis destroys the FBI, but there can be no compromise or in between. How evil is this organization? Oh, I don't know. Why don't you take it from Garrett O'Boyle? This is by design. In weaponized fashion, the FBI allowed me to accept orders to a new position halfway across the country. They allowed us to sell my family's home. They ordered me to report to the new unit when our youngest daughter was two weeks old. Then, on my first day on the new assignment, they suspended me, rendering my family homeless. It appears that I was retaliated against because I forwarded information to my superiors and others that questioned the official narrative of the events of January 6th. As a result, 
I was accused of promoting conspiratorial views and unreliable information. Because I did this, the FBI questioned my allegiance to the United States. Mr. Friend, you ever been to a school board meeting? Yes, I have. FBI ever sent you to the parking lot of a school board meeting? Yes, they have. And in the parking lot of a school board meeting where the FBI sent you, you were taking down information regarding people's license plates. That's correct. But the FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. And we are all examples of that. The heroes at the FBI with the guts to give it all up and say something. Joining me now, one of those heroes, Garrett O'Boyle, a whistleblower, FBI, I guess formerly FBI, I don't know how that daggone works, but Garrett, before we get to what you're doing now and why you're doing it, who are you and where do you come from? What's your background? Thanks for having me on, Jesse. I appreciate being here. Uh, so my background, you know, I come from a humble blue collar family in uh, Wisconsin from uh, Milwaukee. It's where I was born and raised and uh, 9-11 really put me on the path that I'm currently on, although I never would have imagined it would lead here. Uh, but uh, I was a freshman in high school when the, when the attacks on the Twin Towers happened. And uh, after graduating high school, I enlisted in the army as an infantryman. And I did that for about six years with year long deployments to both Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, as I said in my opening statement, um, at, on, on Thursday at the hearing. Uh, one of the awards I received that I'm most proud of is the Combat Infantry, Infantryman's Badge, which is awarded to only those infantrymen who face our nation's enemies in ground combat. And uh, after I got out of the Army with an honorable discharge, I went back to school and shortly thereafter became a police officer in, in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And I did that for about four years. And in that time, I finished up my bachelor's degree and uh, at that point, I thought, hey, you know what, I'm going to apply to the FBI because if I don't, I'll never know if I could make it to what I once believed was the preeminent law enforcement agency in the world. And uh, I did make it. And after a couple years of being an agent, I tried out for the SWAT team and I made that too and was selected for that. And then uh, fast forward a little bit more, I tried out for a new specialty unit that was being established in the Quantico, Virginia area. And uh, I made that unit as well. You know, I know I'm being smeared as a malcontent and a disgruntled employee, uh, but that couldn't be further from the truth. The FBI, my time there, um, you know, aside from the protected disclosures I made overall, my day-to-day -day work and being on the SWAT team, things like that, it, it was the best job I ever had. And I truly believed that the whistleblower protection laws that are in place uh, would apply to me. And I thought I'm doing the right thing the right way. You know, Chris Ray likes to say that all the time that the FBI does the right thing in the right way. But uh, I did that. I mean, protected disclosures to Congress and I'm being punished for it now. Now, how does somebody who's Captain America go from that to being someone the FBI is against? That doesn't make any sense. How exactly did that come about? It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's uh, it's Thanos snapping his fingers. And uh, that's exactly what the FBI has done. And uh, they, you know, they don't want people like me. They don't want people like Steve Friend or Marcus Allen or others uh, shining a light in the darkness. They just want you to protect the brand. They want you to toe the line. And if you see something that is unconstitutional, you see something that is illegal, 
they expect you to just shut up. And that's something that, in my opinion, everybody who's ever swore an oath to the Constitution, that you simply can't do that. You, you have to shine a light on that darkness. Did you see something illegal? You know, the whistleblower uh, protections, they say if you have a reasonable belief that there's a violation of law, rule, or regulation, and abuse of authority, gross mismanagement, and a couple other areas that uh, you can make protected disclosures to Congress. So I made numerous disclosures to Cong Congress. Some of the ones I'm comfortable talking about because they're already in the public sphere include um, statistic padding. So when my initial closed door deposition um, excerpts were leaked to the media, one of the things uh, that came out then, and it's now in the congressional report that came out leading into the hearing, uh, was information I provided about how the FBI does pad those domestic terrorism statistics. You know, I was assigned to domestic terrorism. That's what I worked. And um, in my example, I had one case. It was on what the FBI had deemed uh, a militia. And uh, throughout the working that case, uh, I ended up opening a total of four cases, which all along the way, that didn't really make sense to me because in actuality, it was just one case. But FBI policy says, if you're working in the counterterrorism division, that every time you have a new subject, you have to open a new case. And I thought, this doesn't make sense because if I was working a gang, like, you know, the Crips or the Bloods or something like that, I would open a case just on the gang. Or if I opened it on one gang member and the investigation led in a, in a way where you discovered new subjects, you would just add them in a separate subfile to that initial case. But the FBI, uh, the, the majority of their funding that they get from Congress is in relation to the counterterrorism uh, activities that they claim to investigate. And of course, they do investigate some that are legitimate. Uh, but when you can point to one agent in Wichita, Kansas and say, look, this, this guy has four separate cases, uh, when in actuality, they're one, I think that's a reasonable belief that the FBI is manipulating those statistics to show to Congress and to the American people that there's some sort of massive extremism going on in the country when in actuality, that's not the whole story. Now, besides funding from Congress, what motivation would the FBI has have to pad stats like that? So uh, there's, a, there's a system in the FBI called Integrated Program Management. And um, as part of that system, the highest ranking employee in any given field office, typically it's a, the special agent in charge, although in some of the larger field offices, it would be an assistant director. Um, but anyways, um, at the beginning of every fiscal year, there's uh, basically a yearly um, projection on what the field office is going to quote unquote accomplish. And um, part of that accomplishment is a essentially a checkmark system where you can get red, uh, green, or gold, and gold being the highest. Now, if the field office gets gold in every single category of, of that system, then the special agent in charge gets a monetary bonus at the end of the year. Now, in all my experience in law enforcement and in college uh, with constitutional law courses and criminal law courses, this was something that was uh, very draconian to me as soon as I learned about it. And I thought, law enforcement isn't a Fortune 500 company. It, 
it, it's it literally is finding the facts and getting as close to the facts as you can. But when you have this system in place, it trickles from the top all the way down to the bottom and pressure is then exerted for those check marks to be marked bold. So the SAC gets his bonus at the end of the year. Yeah. Hey. Garrett, we'll talk soon, man. I applaud you. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. You bet. All right. We're going to talk to Chip Roy about debt ceiling, Congress, FBI, many other things. We're going to talk to him about that next. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, here's something else to probably make you uncomfortable. It certainly made me uncomfortable. So I carry a weapon. You probably carry a weapon. And uh, we did our first CCW classes in Virginia and Arizona. Long story short, I've always done them whenever I've had to do them. And I've always, always gotten the insurance whenever I get them. What's the insurance? It says, well, if you're in a self-defense shooting of some kind, hey, we'll step in, give you an attorney. And I always thought I was covered. And then I found out that's not the case. You see these insurance plans you get, they can drop you like that. If they look at it and determine, ah, it's not self-defense, they'll just drop you. They'll make you reimburse them. So now you have no legal defense, you're out even more money, and then you're hunting for an attorney. Or you could just not do any of that and go to Attorneys for Freedom. Attorneys for Freedom's not an insurance scam. It's an actual lawyer on retainer, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have legal representation if, God forbid, you have to use that weapon. All you have to do is go to attorneysforfreedom.com slash jesse. That gets you 25 bucks off when you sign up. Protect yourself. Lawyer cost you 50 grand. Attorneysforfreedom.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Well, I want to be very clear with the FBI director that Congress has a right and we have the jurisdiction to oversee the FBI. This is one piece of paper that a chairman of a committee has requested to see. He hasn't even acknowledged whether he has this document, but he hasn't even provided it. I explained to the director that we will do everything in our power, and we have the jurisdiction over the FBI, that we have the right to see this document. Mm. I believe after this call, we will get this document. Joining me now, great congressman from the state of Texas, Chip Roy. Okay, Chip, let me see if I understand this right. We find out from a whistleblower there's a document that allegedly, we don't know, lays out Joe Biden's crimes in black and white, if this document actually exists. Uh, the GOP rightfully says, I would like to see that document. The FBI says, go pound sand. Do I have that right, about right? Yeah, that's pretty much the summary, Jesse. Remember back in January when we were having the debate over the speakership? One of the things we wanted to do was create the weaponization committee because anybody with eyes is well aware that the FBI has been weaponized against not just the American people, but its own political leaders, as we saw unfold in the Durham report. Now with these uh, whistleblowers who are bringing to light what exactly has been going on at the FBI. Now, of course, we go demand to see the uh, documentation of, of what has now been alleged. And what does the FBI do? They stonewall because they don't want the American people to know the truth, that the FBI has been badly corrupted it went way off the rails, frankly, decades ago, but in particular since 9-11, when in the name of domestic terrorism, it has been turned into a spying organization to go after the American people. Our job is to do something about it. My reminder to Republicans is it ain't enough just to do hearings. It ain't enough just to say, oh man, the FBI, they're terrible. We have something called the power of the purse. 
we should damned well use it. That's what the entire debate over the debt ceiling is about. We should use the power of the purse to force change. Do we have, uh, update us on that, Chip. Is that something they're doing? Are they going after the FBI in this debt ceiling negotiation? Is that off the table, on the table? Well, two things, right? There's kind of a two-step process on this. One is the debt ceiling itself, which, of course, Janet Yellen and the president are, you know, you know manufacturing a crisis, saying June 1, the sky is going to fall, and that's not true. We're going to have cash to be able to pay off our bonds, to be able to, you know, keep... Uh, you know, paying our, our, our main bills. Um, but, you know, the issue is you've got a second piece to this, which is the appropriations process. In the debt ceiling, we need to be fighting over setting the limit and demanding that we have changes that we know are abuses by the Democratic machine, where they're choosing to support the rich elite rather than hardworking Americans, whether it's student loans where they're paying people off, whether it's their fat cat buddies with unreliable energy to enrich billion-dollar corporations or to give electronic vehicle subsidies to people making well over $100,000, or whatever it might be that they're going to go enrich their buddies, we need to stop that and set a cap. The second piece of it is in the appropriations process. We need to do things like defunding the World Health Organization, attach riders and requirements to FBI funding. You're not going to get a new special headquarters, for example. You're going to give us the documents we're asking for, for example. That's what the appropriations process should be used for to make sure we force them to the table. And will, are you confident, how, I guess I should say, how confident are you that GOP will have the stomach to use the appropriations process in that way? I don't stay awake at night worrying about you, Chip. Your colleagues, not so much. Well, on average, I would you know say that in my life, putting your faith in the swamp is never a good thing. But I will say <laughs> that because it, you know, and as a result of the efforts in January, uh, Speaker McCarthy's good faith efforts to work, work with all of us across the conference. We've been united on two battles so far. I hope now we will see it through in the debt ceiling fight, and I hope that we will see it through in the appropriations fight. Those are the negotiations going on right now within our conference. I don't care about the negotiations going on with the White House. Joe Biden doesn't even know where he is, much less he's give a crap about doing the right thing for the country. But we are having a debate within our own conference as Republicans about how much we should be holding the line. And my position is, hold the damn line, right? The scene in Braveheart, where he's screaming, hold, hold, hold the line. Stand up for the American people. They're tired of us cutting deals. They don't want any more swamp deals. They want a country that is not bankrupt. They want a country that doesn't have tyrants coming after them. They want a country that's not picking winners and losers and enriching fat cats over hardworking Americans. And I think we should stand up and do something about it right now. For those who don't understand this whole appropriations process, holding out FBI money, not holding out FBI money, how much does the Senate come into play? Because the Senate sucks. Yeah, that's pretty much the summary of the Senate. Uh, it does, in fact, suck. Um, that said, the People's House is where we're supposed to originate funding bills under the Constitution. And so we are exercising our power appropriately to force everybody to the table. Now, I'm not saying that every single thing is my way or the highway. I don't actually believe in negotiating with red lines. I believe in negotiating for something you know it when you see it, right? I know a good deal when I see one. And we're not talking about a good deal if we're starting from the point of what the president or the Senate are talking about. We are talking about a good deal if it's to the right of what we already passed. We need to up the ante. Like, you know, why are we talking about adding the border security bill now? Like the president's been dilly-dallying. Why are we talking about going in his direction? How about we go in our direction? Say, come on, Mr. President, catch up to freedom. Catch up to a country that actually wants to lead again. 
instead of leading us into the dark hole in the abyss of second-class status to China, while our military is selling its soul to the transgender movement, while the L.A. Dodgers make a mockery of a great institution like baseball. We should stand up for America. Chip, we talk about it a lot. Obviously, we have a bunch of fun about it here on the I'm Right show, but the president is very clearly not mentally able to do the job. Even Democrats recognize that in poll after poll after poll. He's not physically, he can't do it. He can't do the job. Well, that's kind of a big problem when we are where we are right now. No matter what, he's going to be president for another year and a half. Is there anything that we even can do or even should do? Because if we get rid of him, then Dome takes over and we're no better off. If, if you're watching this show, it means you're a great American because you're watching Jesse's show. You need to make sure your member of Congress is on alert. Hold the line. Don't flinch. Hold the line for the hardworking American. Hold the line for the person who paid off their student loans. Hold the line for the person who didn't take out student loans. Hold the line for the veteran, the person who put his or her life on the line and got the GI Bill. Instead of now, we're just gonna pay off somebody who's got a gender studies degree sitting in their parents' basement, tweeting out while they're on their parents' health care. I'm tired of this crap and so are the American people. But we need the American people to show up. Conservatives great are, are great at bellyaching. I want conservatives to stand up and join the fight and actually help us with wind at our sails by showing up. We have, where are you, right? I just gotta be honest with you. In the Tea Party in 2010, people took the streets of DC and they came here and they, they made their voices heard. We need help to demonstrate to the world that we're serious about taking our country back. Finally, uh, you brought up spending and the debt ceiling stuff and I'm glad you are, but it feels so depersonalized anymore there's so much money it's a million here 100 million here 100 billion here we're gonna throw some money here here's 250 billion i think for the next pandemic global health or whatever crap that was biden just did yesterday there's these quantities of money are so large now that we don't even make the connection that it's our paycheck that it's our tax dollars it just seems hopeless sometimes yeah, I mean, it does to a degree, right? I mean, because you got people withholding money from their paychecks. People don't know how much they're actually paying. You've got some people paying, some people not paying. The fact is, the bigger problem is we spend money, we print money that we don't even have. We just print it. And all that does is weaken the dollar, cause inflation, destroy our economy, empower our enemies. And the American people kind of have a sense for it, but they don't know what to do about it. That's why we have a republic. We're supposed to have leaders who will stand up for them. And right now, we need our leaders to do that. Um, Nobody should just walk away from the fight, right? Second Timothy, Paul tells us to what? Finish the race, right? That's what we're supposed to do. So we run through the tape, we stand up for America. You you didn't go serve in the military, Jesse. Our dads, granddads, great-granddads didn't go take bullets at Normandy. They didn't sit in the foxholes at Bastogne freezing to death so that we could sell our soul down the river for some nonsense you know, transgender movement or go sell our, you know, kids inheritance down the river by printing money we don't have. It is our time right now to stand up and demand something, that we do something about it. I'm tired of money, by the way, just kind of walking away and going, wow, DC, they suck. Well, make us not suck, right? Do everything you can to show up at the polls. Oh, the elections are rigged. What do you want to do? Cry about it and go home? Go to the legislature and fix it. Go tell your members of Congress to do something about it. But don't cry up in the corner and cry about it. Yeah. Well, keep keep charging. Good luck trying to make D.C. not suck with Kamala there. Thank you, Chip. I appreciate you, brother. God bless, Jesse. Take care. 
Sarah Gonzalez is going to join us next. We've got some good news from Sarah Gonzalez. Ready for some good news? Now, before we get to that, let's get to this. How are we going to finish that race? Because we get down, don't we? We have these moments where we get disheartened, we get worn out. Screw it, I'm done. I'm going to go watch football again. Well, you can watch football, but we can't stop fighting. Have you got your T levels checked, fellas? You should. They got estrogens everywhere on us now. It's in the daggone waters we shower in. It's in the plastics. Chalk with natural herbal supplements is changing that. Male vitality stack from chalk, 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days without getting needles stuck in your arm. How's that sound? Female vitality stack for the ladies. And all this is 35% off the lifetime of the subscription. Go to chalk.com and get a subscription with the promo code JESSE. Save a fortune. Go feel better. The, the difference in how you feel after 90 days, it's amazing. Chalk.com promo code JESSE, all right? We'll be back. There is something going on, and I see it all over the place. I see it happening everywhere. We're going to talk to my friend Sarah Gonzalez about it here in just a second. Yes, there's all sorts of little commie scumbags all throughout corporate America now. I realize that, all right? And they hire way too many liberal white women, and that all that stuff is true. But there's something else that goes on right now, and that is corporate America was not ready to handle social media. And that is a huge reason why you see so much insanity out of these gigantic corporations who supposedly hire the smartest people, you know, Harvard and Yale and Pima Community College where I went. They only hire the best at these corporations. And why? Because they go on social media. The Nike thinks it has to have a Twitter account and an Instagram account. And you hire some 25-year-old dork to go on Twitter and say, ah, go buy Nike shoes. And immediately, the communists will organize groups. They don't need a lot of them to make it seem loud and big. And they will tell Nike, you're not tranny enough yet. I want the next female track star to have a penis. And you get 100 guys yelling at Nike on Twitter. And Nike thinks the whole world wants that. And then they roll out a track star that's supposed to be a female, only she has a penis. And then Nike doesn't know why they're being screamed at. Anyway, that's my theory. Let's ask Sarah about that. Joining me now, host of the news and why it matters on the great Blaze TV, Sarah Gonzalez. Sarah, that's my theory. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, Jesse. I mean, the, what is the old saying? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. And so I think you just translate that to social media and you have, you know, a bunch of nobodies who sit around uh, trolling on Twitter and somehow these corporations think that that is real life. Um, but I think also you have the converse that is true, that... For so long, the other side, the Republicans, I would say the do-nothing Republicans, have just kind of sat back and not done anything. And they still have given their money to Hollywood, even though Hollywood hates them. And they still are, you know, uh, contributing all of their, their money, their resources to all of these causes that hate them. And they've just kind of been doing that for very long, thinking there was just no other way to handle it. So while you have conservatives who have been just kind of taking a backseat and just getting slapped in the face and turning the other cheek over and over and over again, you, as you pointed out, the other side has uh, has been organizing strategically online and making it sound like there are a lot more of them than there really are. That's so true. Speaking of which, this is, leads me perfectly into all this. Sarah, who are the sisters of perpetual indulgence? Because I saw that the Los Angeles Dodgers, iconic franchise, they're honoring this sacred group. Who, who are they? 
yes, I believe that these this is a group of drag nuns, which I do have some questions about the logistics of a drag nun, but um, they very lovely, as you can see on the screen there, very feminine yes. looking uh, drag drag show. And I guess they got uninvited and then caused a storm because of what we pointed out, that there's like the two fans, I guess, were very upset. And so the LA Dodgers invited them back. Uh, they said, we're really, really sorry that we uninvited you. Could you please come? Which this decision very much intrigues me because I don't think that their target demo for people who go to Dodgers games are going to be people who are also fans of drag nuns. Sarah, how does it work out that all these different tranny groups and drag groups, they all seem to have a real axe to grind with the American church, which is odd because the American church is famously very, very tolerant. Honestly, many would argue too tolerant. You would never mm -hmm. see people get away with this kind of thing in a country like, say, Saudi Arabia, but they do get away with it here. And yet, man, they really seem angry with the church. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, because they want to replace the church, right? They want to be the religion. They see their identity as their religion. They see this LGBT radical ideology as their religion, and they want to replace actual religion with LGBT radical ideology. And so I think that the more that they can chip away at the foundational values that make this country so great, which like it or not, is Christianity, the more that they can chip away at that, the more that they can normalize this degeneracy, the more that they can normalize uh, you know, being trans, chopping off young girls' breasts, chopping off you know, uh, men's genitals, the more they can make that normal, the more they think that you know they can they can change the world, they can transform the country, and they can't do that without destroying the church. Which, by the way, as you pointed out, they've done a very good job of doing. The United Methodist Church has had to separate on the issue of the LGBT you know ideology, even though the Bible is very clear about this. Sarah, that brings me to Target. Speaking of religions, Target not content to just throw a rainbow flag on the front. They now have chest binders. Ugh for young girls, and I won't even go into the underwear. I just, I can't even bring myself to discuss it. It's so freaking gross. But now, open Satan worship? Do I have that right, Sarah? Yeah, they've partnered with uh, an open Satanist because apparently Target thinks that every, their target demographic, again, no pun intended, they think that their target demographic somehow, I guess, will think to themselves, well, I don't like what they're doing, but I have nowhere else to go. And so they partnered with the Satanist um, who on his Instagram, I'm sorry, her Instagram, it's a biological female, features pins that say, you know, uh, Satan respects pronouns and has a big long diatribe about how Satan is so good and tolerant. Of course, Satan is tolerant of your pronouns. Satan loves this. Satan loves the chaos. Satan loves the confusion. This is all part of Satan's plan. It's not surprising that Satan respects your pronouns, but I, I would ask all of the, you know, uh, suburban moms who maybe want 30 minutes to themselves to go shop for toiletries and home decor and sip a frappuccino while they're, you know, wandering the aisles of Target, when is enough going to be enough? Because they are clearly targeting your children with all of this nonsense, with all of the indoctrination at these storefronts. And it's time for them to, to really find out it's not just the communists who can organize and gather and vote with their dollars. I hope that that happens. I don't know if it will. Bud Light seems to be the only one that, you know, has really uh, taken a beating. 
Sarah, there is some good news out there from the great state of Texas. What is SB 12 and why should I be happy about it? Well, SB 12 is uh, here in Texas. It is the bill that will uh, penalize and criminalize the sexual drag shows that are being performed in front of children. So uh, it makes it very clear that all of these sexual shows are to be adults only. And if these uh, venues do not abide by that, then the attorney general can go after them and uh, impose very, very hefty fines on them and it will be criminal. So it has gone through both the House and the Senate. It has passed in both the House and the Senate it goes back to the Senate for one quick final approval on an amendment, and it will be heading to Governor Abbott's desk. So come September 2023, groomers will no longer be allowed to groom children at drag shows. How has the left reacted to this bad boy? I can't wait to hear this. Um, well, as you can expect, they have been melting down about it. You should have seen the amount of blue-haired freaks that showed up at the Capitol whining and crying about the fact that they couldn't perform sexually in front of children. It was disgusting, and uh, I'm not going to shed a tear for them because they are very, very filthy people, and I'm I'm very, very excited about it. Um, very happy that we played a, an instrumental role in it, my organization, Defend Our Kids Texas, and the left can continue crying more. That's fantastic. Sarah Gonzalez, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. All right. I want to talk to a paratrooper. We got Memorial Day coming up soon. Got a guy who was a paratrooper. I never jumped out of planes. My sons are disappointed about that. Anyway, we're going to talk to him about that in a moment before we talk to him. We talk to you about something. And I want you to remember, whenever we speak for somebody on this show, it's somebody I believe in. It's something I do, period, end of story. I am a reliability guy. I don't need a fancy car. Get me from A to B every time. If it happens to be fancy, that's fine. That's what I want. Give me a phone that works every time. Give me a gun that shoots every time. I know there are fancier guns. I carry a Glock. Reliability when it comes to your money is going to be hard to come by in the very, very short-term future. Do you have precious metals? I'm talking about gold or silver in your physical possession. Do you have it in your IRA, in your 401k? Unless you have precious metals, you don't have reliability. You're asking for trouble and there's nothing I can do. You get a hold of me a year from now, Jesse, I should have listened. I can't do anything for you then. Call Oxford Gold. They'll handle all of it for you. They're so chill about it too. They will get it in your IRA, 401k. It's easier than you think. They'll get it delivered to your home. You'll sleep better at night. 833-995-GOLD, all right? 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. Memorial Day. Obviously not a day that is exciting, but it is a day where we honor the fallen. And I just want to remember, remind everybody, it's not Veterans Day. Uh, there's another day for that. This is a day where we honor the fallen. And we talk about heroes so often. This, these stories, uh, joining me now, James Fenelon. He's a former paratrooper, which we'll get to in a moment. And he wrote a book called Angels Against the Sun. It's about World War II and these guys that just did amazing things. James, I finally sat down and started watching Band of Brothers with my sons. And these guys are getting ready to jump out of the plane day before D-Day and everything's going off. And, they're, and they look at me and they say, Dad, you were a Marine. Did you ever do that? 
And I told them, no, son, I never jumped out of a plane. And the disappointment on their face was just palpable. Like, they wanted me to be one of those freaking hero guys. But I got to tell you, I'm still glad I didn't have to jump out of a plane. Well, I can appreciate the distinction. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad I never had to storm a beach. So, you know, we're all cut out for our individual <laughs> roles, right? <laughs> uh, can you explain to people who've never done it? What is it like? I, I mean, in, in peacetime, it doesn't look like something I would be interested in at all, let alone, I mean, you read these World War II stories, like the one you wrote a book about. I just, I don't think I would be able to do it. I think I would just fall over dead from fright. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the good news in the case of what we're talking about here, static line jumps, in particular in World War II, they're not that different from static line jumps today. Generally speaking, you know, you've you've served in the military, so you know that a lot of times what you're in the middle of doing is actually uh, comes down to training and, and muscle memory. And I think in the case of jumping out of an airplane, you're usually more interested in not being the guy that's the slowest one out the door or getting in any <laughs> other other people's way. So by the time you realize what's going on, nine times out of ten, you're you're outside the aircraft and you're counting to four and um, making sure that your parachute actually opens. And, you know, also in the case of static line, you're jumping fairly low, so you don't really have a lot of time to enjoy the ride, so to speak. Uh, okay. Would you rather jump low than high? Uh, well, you know, I think it all depends on, on what you're doing. And I think that, you know, that's another interesting thing, right? Similar to your own experience of like, you know, the way you get into combat is the commute, right? And mm -hmm. so same thing with kind of jumping into, jumping out of an airplane, that's just where the day's work starts. And so I think in the case of a mass airborne operation, like you were talking about the Band of Brothers example in Normandy, you know, the idea being that the lower you jump in those kind of circumstances, the less time the enemy has to shoot at you. You know, some of the pictures we're looking at here are for more clandestine ways of getting in, so to speak. So the advantages of jumping higher there are that you're not gonna be noticed as, as much, right? And so I think it just kind of depends on, on what you're trying to accomplish when you're actually uh, getting on the ground. And in the case of the 11th Airborne in the book or the Band of Brothers that we experienced, we're talking about you know hundreds of guys in the air at the same time. The longer you're in the air, the more chance you have of steering into somebody else and getting entangled. Ugh. So is that more of a concern, getting entangled than getting shot? Don't get me wrong, I know getting shot is a top concern, but you really don't want to drift into somebody? Yeah, I mean, especially in those mass attack situations, you know, it's a lot harder to hit a falling object, I think, when you're shooting at it than, than people might expect. And so I do think in, in those circumstances, the, the bigger risk initially, at least anyway, is, is uh, getting entangled or injury on the jump itself. That brings us to the 11th Airborne, who you just mentioned. The courtesy of that great HBO series, Band of Brothers, people are aware of Easy Company. They're aware of what happened in Europe. But when people think of the Pacific, they mainly try to think about the Marines, even though the Army was extremely involved in the Pacific portion. And as much as it hurts me to give them credit, they were involved. What did the 11th Airborne do? Yeah, so it's a great observation. There were a number of Army units that were engaged in the Pacific. The 11th Airborne arrived uh, a little late into the campaign in October of 1944 is when they started making their way into the Philippines. And they participated in the liberation of the Philippines. They, and they started by landing on the island of Leyte and then later participating in the Luzon campaign, which is the largest island in the Philippines. And interestingly enough, they, in, in, in that particular operation, landed both amphibiously, part of the element, part of the unit coming ashore um, in Amtrak's and landing craft, 
similar to what the Marines did on other island campaigns. And then the other part of the unit actually uh, airdropped in by a parachute further inland to meet up with that unit and then push their way up into Manila, which was some of the largest urban combat in the Pacific theater. Uh, landing in a jungle environment like the Philippines, doesn't that add, and you're gonna have to forgive me, I never jumped out of plane, and I'm never going to, James. Doesn't that add an extra element of risk just having been in the jungle, specifically Thailand's jungle? I couldn't see the sky. I don't know where I would come landing in on a parachute. Yeah, and I think that that is kind of one of the challenges, I think, of those kind of operations in the Pacific. To your point, the islands are small. They're heavily vegetated. In the case, though, of the jump um, south of Manila, they did have the benefit of finding a very large plateau that had been largely cultivated into farmland, which kind of facilitated that, uh, that drop zone, if you will. So they were dropping near the jungle in that case, um, but certainly the guys that had landed on the coast and were working their way up a narrow road to um, link up with those guys who jumped in were, were dealing with some of that thicker vegetation on their way inland. The book is Angels Against the Sun, a World War II saga of grunts, grit, and brotherhood. James, just I, I want to give you the final word on this. Memorial Day, what's it mean to you? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think you you know you started off with you know the op the observation that today's the day where we take time to reflect upon those who had fallen in combat, and I also think it's an opportunity to reflect some of the values and traits that we can learn from their sacrifice, right? Specifically, endurance, self reliance, adaptability to to your environment and your conditions, and of course teamwork. And, and those are all things that I think are just as relevant and important for us to remember, as well as the sacrifices of those who, who died in service. James Fenelon, I appreciate you, my man, Semper Fi. Semper Fi. All right, we have a lighten the mood for you next. Before we get to lighten the mood, let's get to the air in your home. Did I tell you I almost bought a house that I shouldn't have bought one time? Don't ever buy a house online without walking into it. We were moving from Dallas to Houston, and the house looked perfect online. That should have been a, that should have been a hint, right? It had been on the market for something like a month, and that was a long time for this market. But it, it everything looked perfect, and I thought, man, I, I might I'm actually I should just buy this. Someone else is going to buy it. No, 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 no. I could hear my dad's words ringing in my ears. I better go step foot in it first. And I opened up the front door, and I wouldn't walk into the home. I refused to step over the threshold into the home. Why? Always very clean. Location was perfect. Floor plan was perfect. It stunk because of the things they'd cooked or pets or whatever the case may be. The home stunk. Your home acquires smells. Your carpets, your walls do. We human beings give off smells. Our pets give off smells. Our food gives off smells. Maybe you're old school and you're still burning heaters in there. It gives off smells. Eden Pure Thunderstorm removes smell from your home. Doesn't cover it up, removes it. It cleans your air like nature does after a thunderstorm. Friggin' miracles, man. I own six of them. They sell three packs, $200 off to my viewers. You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. All right? We'll be back. I love the internet. And to, to clarify, 
I understand the internet has been used and will be used for all manner of horrors and horrible things. And I understand the internet has been used and will be used for all manner of wonderful things. Me personally, because I lack maturity, I use it mostly to laugh, to interact with you and laugh. And some of you, some of you are terrible people, but hilarious people. And before we get to that, let's get to this. Let's get to your dog. We all need nutrition. All living beings do. You need it. Your dog needs it. Your dog does not get nutrition from dog food. You know that our dogs die before they should. Do you know that our dogs have problems throughout their lives they shouldn't have? Oh, my dog's lethargic. My dog's hyperactive. His coat is fading. He's got bad breath. He's got digestive issues. His joints are hurting. We think these things are natural, but they're not. Our dogs never get nutrition. Give your dog nutrition for the first time ever and watch the difference. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse. It's a natural nutritional supplement. You pour it on your dog's food. I have testimonial after testimonial people talking about, my dog was old and came back alive. My dog lived for years more. It's crazy. Roughgreens.com slash jesse. Or you can call them 833-33-MY-DOG. Now, there is somebody out there, some online guy called C3P Meme, and he made a deep fake of, well, here it is. All right, everyone. So it's Friday night. I'm getting ready to go out. But before I go out, I've got a pregame. And the only way I pregame is with an ice cold Bud Light. So good. Ah, happy Friday. I'm sorry. I'll see you tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.